You've got a friend in me When the road looks rough ahead And you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed You just remember what your old past said Boy, you got a friend in me Yeah, you've got a friend in me Hello and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. On today's episode, we continue our revisitation of the Toy Story movies and joining me today, he just got back from a seminar on what to do if part of you is swallowed. It's Pixar correspondent Joe Morgan. Joe, what's going on? Josh, I ripped my arm today and I am worried it's going to fall off. Oh God. I mean, like hopefully you have a, uh, well, luckily, l- luckily your, your, your wife's a nurse. I don't know if she does stitches or not, but you know, at least you have, <laughs> at least you have someone that lives in, uh, lives in your house that does it. It's funny. The, the other thing I thought about like opening the podcast with was just saying he's just a married spud. It's Joe Morgan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am indeed a married spud. <laughs> uh, but yeah, today we're talking about, uh, 1999's, uh, Toy Story 2, uh, also, uh, uh, directed in, by John Lasseter, uh, you know, uh, written by uh, just a bunch of people because that's how you know Pixar does things. So I'm not going to uh, name all those people. But uh, it was, was the uh, second uh, was the second movie in the Toy Story series. Joe and I uh, just last week talked about the original Toy Story, and uh, we're continuing our little march, uh, our march through the franchise to in, in, in anticipation of uh, Lightyear coming out. Toy Story two uh, picks up, you know, like I mean, some level of time after Toy Story. Not really all that important. I think what is important is that uh, based, based on the events of Toy Story is that uh, Buzz Lightyear actually understands he's a toy. So that's uh, relatively important. And they, the, the toys are like, you know, like they have, a, they have a new normal now with Buzz Incorporated. And, uh, you know, Woody is not as insecure because he thinks he's going to uh, cowboy camp, which is, uh, so the fact that Andy still does that, obviously, you know, makes him feel pretty good about his uh, place in the world. But uh, before Andy goes to cowboy camp, he ends up, uh, you know, accidentally uh, ripping Woody's arm when he plays with him. And Woody is then, you know, uh, Put on the shelf, both literally and figuratively, while Andy is at uh, Cowboy Camp. And while Andy is gone, uh, his mom decides to do a yard sale. And he, uh, Woody, even with his, uh, with his uh, ruptured arm, uh, ruptured, torn, ripped, whatever you want to call it, he uh, decides he's still going to you know, be the honorable, uh, brave guy he is and uh, save Squeak, the penguin toy, from getting sold at the yard sale. And you know, in all the confusion of that, he ends up uh, catching the eye of uh, one, uh, one of the yard sale uh, customers, Al, who owns Al's Toys Barn, and just happens to know that, uh, hey, Woody might actually have a lot of value to him. And he absconds with him, despite the fact that uh, Mrs. Andy's mom, who I didn't know, Joe, until I was uh, researching this, voiced by Laurie Metcalf. I forgot. Yeah. I, I think I knew that at some point and then just like totally forgot maybe. And so that was a kind of a fun thing to do when I was uh, to, to actually see when I was doing my research for this. But, you know, props to Andy's mom. She wasn't going to just like sell Woody for even way over value, but doesn't stop Al from somehow breaking into this lockbox that like it looked like his mom took the key out of. I don't really know. Uh, but like, you know, he, he gets it, steals Woody. Uh, Woody comes to realize that like, oh, when Al brings him back, that he is so valuable to Al because he is part of a collection of fairly rare toys from sometime in the past. It was uh, Woody's uh, Woody's Roundup Gang. Is that the is that the term? Um, 
Woody's Roundup, yes. Yeah, Woody's Roundup, Roundup gang. gang. Yeah, and uh, th- they kind of uh, that includes uh, Bullseye, uh, Jesse, and the Prospector, uh, voiced respectively by uh, Joan Cusack and Kelsey Kramer. Uh, they're all excited because they've just been in storage forever while Al tried to get the full uh, group together so he could ship them off to a museum in Tokyo for display where at least they won't live in storage, even if they're not really going to get played with. And uh, Woody's kind of excited to see like, hey, we I was a big deal back in the day. They have all these uh, videos and uh, from uh, what what we used to do when we had our own little kind of TV show. And I was a big deal and I'm happy about that. But then he, there's a lot of pressure on him to like, you know, go along with them and so they get back to his friends while his friends rescue them. And the movie's kind of bifurcated into two parts. Joe, as I mentioned last week, when we talked about Toy Story, I, I don't, I still have as deep of a relationship with this movie. I've seen it multiple times and it has been longer since a rewatch. And I mean, I I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, I really liked it uh, well, way more than I even remember liking it. I think it's undeniably good. I mean, like, look, I, I, I don't think I realized I kind of went back and did that research. I was talking about that. Like, it's honestly like just as well critically received as toy story. Like I think both it and toy story are like hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Basically like there's, uh, you're not going to find anyone to say a bad thing about these movies. And it's, 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 really good and i'm just kind of curious to start off by asking you like uh what do you think that like how does toy story 2 just kind of build upon this world in a way that like helps this movie stand on its own like what's the biggest thing it really kind of does to like stand apart and justify itself as like a wow this this universe could support another movie where is it the most fulfilling for you uh i think for me uh i think one of the big questions they asked uh when they were making this movie was like what is like the worst thing that can happen to a toy you know Mm. or like you know, the big, th- the big thing in the first movie is like, um, Woody, like Andy gets Buzz, Woody's like, oh, Andy's, Andy prefers to play with, Bu- plays with Buzz more than he plays with me. And then this movie is just like, well, what if nobody ever plays with you ever again? You know, and it, car- it, it kind of brings up like the whole, um, the toy collectible phase. Because I think the big thing in the first Toy Story is like, I want to be played with, like, I want to be a kid's favorite toy. And then just like, there's a whole life for toys where they are purchased and then put on a shelf and then never touched again. So um, yeah, I think it really expands the world in that way. And then of course, an incredibly fun sequence in a toy store where you kind of go outside the scope of a kid's bedroom and sort of the larger scale of toy manufacturing and things like that. Yeah, I mean, that's like a, a, a big thing that was the thing that kind of I, that I kind of realized as I was watching this, like, obviously like Woody's very insecure in the first movie, as we talked about, he basically becomes a felon because uh, he's so insecure. And, uh, and here it's like, okay, well, well, what if like, it's never like a doubt in his mind that like Andy would want to play with toys, you know? So like he's confronted with that. And, uh, and, and that's just like a different kind of anxiety for like him to have to deal with like him more so than the others. Cause the others just like, aren't really around for that part of the movie. They're on their own rescue mission, which we could talk about. And it's like really fun, as you mentioned with the toy store, which is like its own different, you know, uh, own different kind of like set piece that is set, sets it up, sets it also sets the movie apart from anything we saw in the first toy story. But I was just like, on top of what he's like having to like actually think about that. And I want to ask like, uh, what you think about like because one of the questions i have about the movie i don't even know if it's a full criticism but one of the things that gave me pause was like did they necessarily set it up enough to the point where he would want to actually agree to go with them like he does i i don't know if it truly like made me buy that or not but again i still really like the movie but on top of that just like him being confronted with that like i feel like it's pixar is like showing it has another muscle to flex in a way with specifically the emily sequence which is like Honestly, probably like, I don't know, maybe like three minutes long, but like, it's like, honestly, it's like the first Pixar short film in a way. 
uh, in a, mm-hmm. or the first one that like it's like a Pixar short film before Pixar short films were the thing that they would become. It's like, yo, we can make you cry in like four minutes if you really feel like it. And I, it's so it's like devastating. Yeah, so it's like, yo, we can like conf- make toys confront like this kind of like uh, true kind of like uh, sadness. Uh, more so than just like being jealous of another toy which is just like truly impressive that it's like yo we can go to like another place you thought we like did some impressive stuff with toy story we're gonna like get you in your feels even more than you realize you would be ever be at an animated movie Mm -hmm. yeah i think the like the way that works i think the the whole emily sequence and the uh the the when she loved me that song really kind of birthed like the modern pixar thing where like they sort of we're able to reach the adults a bit more, like reach into your chest and just like completely ruin your day. Um, that sequence in particular, I think Woody has this whole like mantra, no toy gets left behind, right? And he kind of, when he's presented with Jesse's past, Andy is fresh off getting left behind and forgotten by Andy because of the torn arm, right? So well, I think- Yeah, Woody, Woody's fresh off of getting forgotten by yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think Woody- sees in jesse's past a manifestation of his biggest fear Mm -hmm. thus um you know combining that with no toy left behind that he's just like you know what like i i I can't i can't abandon these guys i can't i can't do this (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um that's that's sort of how i've always read it but i've also seen this movie like 817 times i'm sure Mm -hmm. so (laughs) it is by far my most revisited of the four so, um, well, so, well, so I, I well, I, I did not know that. So why do you yeah. think that is? I just think it's the perfect, I, I kind of alluded to this last week, maybe on air or off air. I can't remember, but with this movie, I just feel like it's like the perfect blockbuster in that there are just all these gripping set pieces, like just all these, like, there's just so many fantastic, like action sequences that are funny and gripping and have real stakes. And they're very creative in the way they're staged. And then this one too, like, I mean, I can't pick my favorite children, but if you were to argue that Toy Story 2 is better than the original Toy Story, like I would not, I would entertain you. I would entertain the argument. So is, so is the biggest reason for that just like these like really, really emotionally poignant moments it generates that, I mean, it's, I think it's fair to say like maybe Toy Story in a way like is, uh, or the original Toy Story in a way might have more, I mean, I think the, the baggage carousel scene is kind of impressive in the in in the plane thing is but like i mean mm-hmm. i still don't know if i would put that the, the plane sequence above the uh, actual car chase in toy story like oh, there might no. be yeah there, there's like really impressive like it's honestly like the amount of character work it does is impressive the the set pieces it does is impressive especially since it came out what four or five years beforehand uh mm-hmm. so all that's really good so uh just like the just the emotional beats it's able to hit it goes to places where i think it's fair to say toy story doesn't go to and that's probably what does it for you yeah absolutely like um, the first movie, you know, it you see a relationship threatened with mm-hmm. Woody and Andy, right? Whereas this one, like, you know, you start the their the self worth is threatened. <laughs> the the mortality thing starts to creep mm-hmm. in. It's just like, you know, I think Woody says something along the lines of Buzz near the end. He says, "You know what? I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts." Mm-hmm. And that sort of gets into the heart of what this series ultimately evolves into um and also and- they're getting hit with that like you're seeing them get confronted with that and mm-hmm. it's been i mean i again i've i've honestly i don't know if i actually had rewatched toy story three uh up, I, I did like three years ago i don't know if i'd rewatch it at that point since i saw it in theaters but like correct me if i'm wrong I, beginning of toy story three like 
we're like picking up when Andy has gone to college and not played with them in a while. Right. So it's like, they're, they've kind of like been, they're kind of a little more resigned to where they're at in the world at that point, such that you're not like, yeah, well, it's sad. And they're having to like deal with the fact that they are possibly getting thrown away or given away. It's like, they're not like they've, they're already kind of, they've gone through that emotional, they've done the emotional work to kind of understand where they are at that point. We're here. It's like, Oh no, like we're having to see like, what do you deal with this and be confronted with like, uh, Jesse's story like head on where it's like they've already learned all that by the time we get to Toy Story 3 correct yeah yeah so I think like Toy Story 2 is about acknowledging that oh like I'm gonna die one day and then, <laughs> and then Toy Story 3 you get to the point where you're like oh wow like um I'm gonna die soon <laughs> you know <laughs> I think I think that's sort of you know what it it's it's funny it's like you know I, especially revisiting these um having a 10 month old you know like i watched these as a kid and you know obviously love them and i've watched them throughout my young adulthood and everything and then watching this with a kid i feel like almost like toy story 2 is like you have a child and you realize oh my child's going to be an adult one day right and then toy story 3 you're like oh you know it's very much like andy's mom and andy it's like oh my child is leaving home now like what what the hell am i going to do with myself once my kid leaves home and then Toy Story 4 is just, you know, all about like, hey, you know what, like, um, and not to get too deep into weeds on Toy Story 4, but there's this one line where what he says, like, you know, you leave your kid and your kid goes on to do things that you'll never get to see kind of thing, you know, so mm. I think there's like this natural progression of things. So like, um, yeah, like this, you know, this, yeah, Toy Story 2, I think kind of poignantly sets up like, oh, hey, like, there's an end to all this you know yeah as i've told you numerous times before i think toy story 3 it just holds a very special place in my heart i had like a, a stronger in theater emotional experience to that movie than anything else i ever had i and mm-hmm. i guess we'll talk about that more next week but like uh i i can understand how in some art i can understand why there's an argument for the fact that like this covers just as rich of emotional emotional terrain whereas like with toy story 3 it's just like i saw it less than a year removed from going to college so yeah. like I, some yeah. of that stuff just like i just saw it at the right place right time whereas i can kind of get why why someone might like be uh quite moved by this in like other ways and like again like i i, I think I, I not that like i didn't have any recollection of the emily sequence but like just seeing it was like oh man like uh there is just like some uh really incredibly uh powerfully powerful stuff here uh let mm-hmm. me let, let me take a step back and like ask you also about the uh about the rest of the toys and in addition to uh in in, in addition to the uh um the woody prospector or jesse bullseye part of the movie uh what do you think about like what what do you like most about that part of the movie and seeing them go on that rescue mission and go through the toy store? Because like I intimated at the beginning of, of it, I, I really enjoyed I, I really enjoyed Buzz in this movie. Yes. Oh my gosh. So the comedy in this movie is incredible. Like you you go to the original Toy Story, which is a great, great movie, like a mm-hmm. great buddy comedy, you know, a lot of they have a lot of fun with the toys. I feel like this movie and most ways like ups the ante and actually tops itself with Mm. the first one it kind of you know it you know like one thing i mentioned earlier is like you you sort of open up the world of toys beyond like a kid's bedroom right and you kind of get this like running commentary on you know like what the general toy world is like right like you see all the different kinds of barbies you know barbie's allowed to be in the sequel now that the first one's done well right and um you kind of get to see Buzz grapple with the uh, deranged, I think I'm a space ranger or I think I'm a super villain thing. Yeah. Like he's having to deal with that finally for the first time. 
Yeah, I just really enjoy how they fully use the toy store. Like, and then I love how they mimic the first shot of what are you looking up at Buzz from the first movie when they do it here. Like, they just you know they they know what's iconic about the first movie and they deliver it on it here. Um, you know, the Barbie stuff's really funny. I think you know toy tour guide Barbie is just hysterical in this movie. I love the shot of the the Jurassic Park homage of Rex and the side mirror. Um, you know, I just think they really fully take advantage. Like even just like when the car hits the bouncy ball container and then it just creates like this avalanche of bouncy balls and stuff. Just, it's like total like wish fulfillment. They make a mess of a toy store in a way that kids who are lucky enough that their parents actually took them to Toys R Us and stuff when they asked, um, you know, uh, kind of just seeing like all this stuff come to life. It's like this old little mini world thing. And it's, um, you know, it, it's just, it's just phenomenal. I think it's just really funny. Yeah, it's just they, they 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 give most of them their moments, um, and I really did enjoy like uh, just Rex being so single single mindedly like uh, a focus on beating Zerg, yeah. Uh, throughout and like it, it's just like we're not we're, we have a running joke here, and we're not we're, we're not going to let it go, and we're going to like see it through all the way to the end, which I really enjoy. For me, like the, the the two other things that really stick stick out to me, one, I mean, it's kind of a repeat of the Pizza Planet thing you said you like so much in the first one, but then mm-hmm. like stopping traffic and. Uh, really enjoying that like i mean it, 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 it's 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 a, it's an easy joke to make but i would say that like i enjoyed just the way they like look back and like oh, not a big deal like i got i got i got a big i got i got a big laugh out of that oh yeah we, we did it fine then no problem and also i i would say with with buzz both like you said like him like kind of it's funny how he's like like him having to be confronted with the old one but like they, they still like know how to kind of write for the old version of buzz in like yeah. a really funny way where, where ham is asking him about the uh about the utility belt and he yeah. says uh well slotted pig it's standard issue like that, that that made me laugh more than like anything so it's like okay like yeah we moved on from buzz but we still know how to like get like the funny jokes out of like the standard issue buzz Lightyear. and like i just like really 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 respected that and like you're right it's like all right well yeah, we'll we'll have this like, really really emotional moment here, like this emotional uh, corner of the movie here uh, with Woody and all of uh, all of the Roundup gang. But at the same time, like we know we got to get all of our laughs in here, and they like squeeze that for like everything it's worth. And I think they like they they blend it together really well. Yeah, absolutely. And then even outside of the Toy Story sequence, like one of my favorite parts of the movie is when Woody's trying to get his arm out of al's pocket and he has to like tiptoe through the minefield of cheetos while you know while al's asleep on the couch like and it's just great physical comedy with bullseye who just is like a little puppy dog eager eager to follow woody through that should should, should, yes okay so yes they do have some really good laughs over there too bullseye Mm -hmm. is like adorable but also very funny and uh, i should also mention al is played by wayne knight not which is kind of funny given the uh, jurassic park uh parallels (laughs) that the movie already has and he is also in jurassic park uh, but like, yeah, he is like, I mean, that is like a, I don't know, it's it's not an action sequence, but it's like a, a funny how like they, I would say they utilize the human body in a way like where you don't really, you, I guess to that point, you hadn't really seen a lot of animated movies like really rely on like depicting bodily functions, even as simple as like snoring or like breathing and mm-hmm. have that like d- drive so much suspense out of that. This is like a, a really impressive moment that like, isn't just like, fully like all right we're gonna go all out with an action set piece here or something like that and um just quick like 10 second sidebar mm-hmm. but like wayne knight kind of owned the 90s like in that you know i mean just mm-hmm. this guy put up uh this guy put up 
Jurassic Park, Toy Story 2, and Space Jam. And those are just off the top of my head, like in Ooh, terms yeah, of Space showing Jam. up and like, you know, culturally significant blockbusters like that. So, I mean, shouts to Wayne Knight as if he needs any more accolades. No, yeah, good on him for uh, for finding the work. Um, I, I guess moving back to moving back to that part of the movie, though, like, what did you think about? Uh, what did you think? About, did you have any other additional thoughts? On, I mean, I, I do think Jesse's like a really great character. I mean, it's it's. Um, I, I don't know how much more there is to say about her. Like the Emily scene obviously shows that, like, yeah, she's been through a lot, but like, it's you you can't help but just be won over by her 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 spirit. Otherwise, but like, it hits that much harder when you like go into that part of it because like you've already like kind of seen what the happy version of her looks like. Uh, how do you feel about Prospector as a character, though? Uh, just kind of watching this back at this point or watching it as many times as you have because again while I this is the one I had like the least recollection of like I obviously knew he like kind of quote-unquote turns bad a little bit but at the same time like it's uh I, I I was I did find myself pretty impressed by uh Kelsey Grammer's voice performance in a way just being like all right like he's able to be amiable enough but like he is very convincing when he takes that menacing turn what do you what did you think about how the movie ultimately decides to kind of like tell that arc of like Woody deciding to go with him but then like uh once things kind of turn like, all right, things are also going to get pretty contentious here. Yeah, no, I think it's an outstanding performance from Kelsey Grammer. And like, it's just this great, I remember that being so shocking to me as, I mean, I guess I was eight years old when I saw this, like. Yeah, I wonder how that plays if you've never seen it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure it can be kind of scary for an eight-year-old, but it's like, I kind of know he's going to turn bad. So I wonder like how friendly he actually comes across to someone that doesn't know any better, young or old. Yeah, like he, the original Lotso in a way, right? Like, right. Um, he really definitely handles that heel turn too because you think like, you know, like, oh, you know, like Pete's there and he's just, you know, like, <laughs> like he's representative of, of this whole new life for Woody, you know, never got out of the box, you know, and like all the potential bitterness is like right out there in the open. But, you know, eight-year-old Joe is just sitting there being like, oh, wow, Pete, he's so nice and wise. Hmm. Um, not sure how my eight-year-old will know. Um, mm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, like I think it's I think it's handled pretty well. I don't know. I think they kind of perfected it with Watso in the next one. You know, like mm. I think they that that one they may uh, execute a little better. But yeah, in terms of the whole gang, though, I think the first movie has such a great ensemble, right? I feel like every character is just pretty lights out in what they set out to do with each one. And when you introduce like three new characters, basically two of whom are going to become like permanent members of the thing. Like there's like a lot of pressure with that. And I think it's just phenomenal that all three of them are pretty great characters and that they just don't suck. You know what I mean? Like no one's like, Oh, Jesse ruined toy story or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like people just are like, Oh yeah, Jesse's part of the game. And Oh yeah. Well, well yeah. Well, well, prospector is not someone that's going to like become a permanent part of anything. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, well, I guess, I, I guess they also do kind of introduce Mrs. Potato head in this in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. but like, and who, who is like, she's very good in her uh, limited time, but like, yeah, you got to make the prospector work as a, as a one-off. And I, I think it's just, uh, very, very effective in doing so. And like, you, you can easily see like, assuming, like, assuming they can get Jesse out of this movie, like safely enough, like she would just be such a, like a, a welcome addition to have around. And she just really fits right in, in the following two movies. And like, you can't not be like, again, you can't not be charmed by bullseye. Let me ask you, like, I, I think you kind of touched on it earlier, but like, basically your, your take on it though, is that like, you are you could you could buy that Woody would be like that moved by the Emily story that he would just like at that point he would see the prospect of like he would see the writing on the wall uh, with respect to Andy given what happened with her and Emily and be so moved by her that like it's it's not a problem for you to like buy that he would just like kind of 
agree to go to Tokyo at that point? No. And uh, yeah. And the other thing too, is you look at Woody kind of gets a bit starstruck in this movie, right? Like he sees his face on a yo-yo, sees his face on a big cardboard cutout, great TV series starring him. Like, you know, like you kind of, even though Woody's made peace with sharing the spotlight with Buzz and Andy's mind, like it's gotta be kind of nice to be like the star again, you know, probably chasing that old feeling a little bit. And um, the opportunity to just be like the center of this attraction, especially they let Woody know like how long Al's been looking for him, right? And then, you know, Woody, I'm sure is like overhears the phone call where the museum owner is so excited that Al has finally found Woody, right? So I think, you know, there's like, it's not just purely altruistic in, you know, in the sense that he wants to help out Jesse Bullseye, who I think he, you know, like, if, I forget, I can't think of the word. Uh, <laughs> he takes a liking to but um yeah i think what he's like you know like it'd be nice to be number one again and yeah and i do think he does see that writing on the wall as you alluded to well i wonder what he think i wonder what his idea of like i wonder what he thinks it means to be on display in a museum like we know <laughs> that like that is one thing that like that they get a like the toys genuinely get a lot out of being played with like they really mm-hmm. like that i don't i mean not that we have much we don't really have any point of reference for it or what that looks like in this universe but like do they get that same kind of personal satisfaction out of like being ogled at you know yeah. uh and and i think i that's why i i almost buy jesse more like agreeing to go to andy's with him even if like even with the prospect of that kind of hurt that it could possibly come with given what we know she's already gone through i get i we know that they genuinely really really like being played with but like uh man like i and i get why jesse and prospector and bullseye would prefer prefer to go to a museum than uh than just sit in storage but like i mean still being uh being a toy that gets played with like that still seems more fun based on what we know about like how these people think about things and what they what and what what makes them happy what these people think about things, what these toys think about things, yeah. and what makes them happy. I, I that's why I'm just like, okay, well, would Woody want to uh, like leave Andy to go with them on this? Though at that point, you know, it just hadn't occurred to him to invite them with him. You know, maybe mm-hmm. if that if that idea had struck him at that point in the movie, maybe he just tries to sell them on it then, and it just doesn't strike him until later. And I just, I guess, I did have a slightly easier time just like thinking Jesse would say yes to that. And that she would understand that like this sitting on display in a museum might not actually be that fun. Whereas like, I don't know if Woody fully got grasped what that meant. So I wasn't sure if I totally bought him just being like, all right, sure. I won't go back to Andy and my friends. I'll go sit in a museum in Tokyo. That, that, that was just kind of the way I thought about it. But like, yeah. it's, it, it, it wasn't like that big of a holdup for me. It was just the one part of the movie. I'm like, did they earn that? I don't know. But like, again, that, that's, it's, it, that's just one thing in a, in a, in a movie that's like uh, mostly great. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on the rest of the action in this movie? Uh, the, and, and just the, the whole, uh, the whole Zerg part of it. Cause that's like the other big action set piece that we haven't already discussed. Yeah. The Zerg bit's great. You know, I mean, a little bit of Star Wars homage there. Is it, yeah. Um, is, is that like too obvious of a joke to make? Cause like, I'm like, all right, the, I am your father. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's so obvious. Like it's such an on the nose reference where like that the little kids might not even get, but the yeah. adults obviously would, but is it too obvious of a joke for the adults? But I'm not going to lie. I still laugh at it. Yeah, no, it, it's funny. You know, I mean, I, I mean, my brain's warped. I've seen it so many mm-hmm. times, so I can't really give a fresh right. take on it. I do like how they flip it on its head so quickly afterward, though. Like they, they escape the building and they play catch. Know, um, yeah, they're like playing catch together. Like, what does he, what does he say? Um, he's like, I'm gonna stay here and play catch with my dad. And he like he throws the ball back to him and it just hits him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah no i i really enjoyed that um i just thought it was a ton of fun and like one of my favorite shots in any pixar film hmm. is when um andy's buzz is running away from alice toy barn and zerg first emerges from bo- from his box and you see the camera kind of pan over and then like go through zerg's mm. like back of the head yeah. vision i just think it's just such a perfect encapsulation of um like what these movies are about like they're toys but then also like it immediately characterizes like oh like this zerg toy thinks he's actually zerg so um, yeah and i God, I, I should, if I had more time, I would have like gone back and watched it again. But it is kind of funny, like because he's at different times is fighting. I guess he's at different times, kind of fighting both buzzes. But like the when he's fighting the standard issue buzz that hasn't like you know been integrated, like they're both reacting genuinely to all of their other moves, uh, yeah. as if like he actually has a laser or something like that. And so it's kind of funny that like to to like have have that register with them clearly not being uh fully like uh sentient and having to uh, actually react in that moment it's kind of funny that like it's giving us a different kind of action scene where it's like uh we're not where these guys aren't even acknowledging what what's real and what's not it's all real to them and that's it, yeah. it's, it's just a different look because just about all the action in the first movie like uh you know like buzz is normally like you trying to utilize his weapons against people that know it's not actually like real uh, mm-hmm. So that is, it's, it's just a different type of action that they're able to utilize by just like utilizing these toys in different ways. Also, uh, you kind of highlighted it when I asked you to talk about supporting characters in the first movie, but like just like Rex is just an amazing creation and it was fun to watch him get his win, you know? So, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, good old Rex got his, got his W over Zerd. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess, well, I, I mean... We touched we we touched a little bit at the at the end of it. I mean, I I, I want to give it a shout out too because I think it is kind of impressive. To, you know, do something that's the scope of the airport runway scene in a in, in what to that point is like you know it's a pretty young company that like obviously had uh, broken a lot of barriers, but it, it's it's still I think a bigger scope to be able to like pr- pull off that big of a set piece with that big of a a whole plane and everything like that and have it still be pretty convincing uh, within that world. Though I would just say like you know I at the same time I think the uh, I, I think because of the character moments going on like the zerg stuff and the uh and just the toy the toy barn are probably a little more fun to watch but i i, I still don't think it's uh, not interesting what they do there at the end is are there any other like uh uh unique moments that stand out to you from the entire airport sequence that you wanted to mention before we finished up uh the sticker on buzz's butt that says butte on it i think it's fantastic <laughs> little one-off <laughs> um bullseye is like the fastest toy in, <laughs> in history like, dude is just getting it on the runway there, <laughs> like catching up to a even a luggage cart, which isn't probably isn't going super fast, but good. No, it's not even just a luggage cart. It's 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 a it's a it's a straight up plane. Like they the, the, the yeah, uh, Woody and Jesse have to jump off the plane onto him. Yeah. He caught up to the plane, which I mean, mm-hmm. again, uh, not exactly. You don't you don't you can suspend disbelief for some stuff and like and maybe, but like I don't know if there's ever a moment in any Toy Story movie where like I can't suspend my disbelief that much. We're watching Talking Toys, and you know, I I, I it, it never at any point like yeah, it's funny to think about it at this point, but it never at any point while watching this, and I'm like I I don't I don't I don't buy that. I don't buy that that toy thing could like even catch up to it. It never even registered, which just kind of tells me like how well executed everything is, you know? Because again, in theory, like yeah, these toys in this movie, we didn't even talk about the toys literally drive cars yeah. uh and uh and, and 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 do it like fairly well and can navigate and all get and get all the way back to andy's house and all that but like at the same time like i that takes steps everyone has a very specific job and you can kind of see how they could make it work within their uh within their quote-unquote powers uh there's not really any reasonable explanation for bullseye being able to keep up with plane and i don't care 
you know? Yeah. So, uh, this movie is so chock full of amazing sequences mm-hmm. that like we are just now mentioning the the Pizza Planet driving. <laughs> which mm-hmm. the Pizza Planet truck driving, which is just like one of the greatest scenes ever made in cinematic history. I mean, just like mm-hmm. he's like it's like a potato head ham man the nozzles or whatever <laughs> they just like turn on the air conditioning <laughs> great, it's, great. it's all it's all great uh this it's I mean, again I, I i just i i have i have very few criticisms hell uh, here's one thing I'll, I'll leave you with i mean is this like one of the best uh, can you think of like a movie that like is this good just first of all can you think of a movie that's this good that has a blooper section in the credits but actually like <laughs> does it in like an inch but on top of that like beyond that actually does it like in an interesting funny way like they yeah. even like nailed that at the end where it's like we're gonna like uh make the unique make the unique choice of like just having all of these like uh bloopers as if like these people are actually like the uh, the actors like having these bloopers while in character what but the actual in character is not showing them recording their voices but just in character like it's such a unique thoughtful way to yeah. do it when whenever you think of any movie in the history of movies that has a blooper section it's usually just a dumb comedy i can't think of yeah. a great comedy that has a blooper section and maybe there maybe there, there probably are i bet a couple of ones that i've enjoyed but like nothing that's actually that memorable like like they they just kind of nail everything you know um yeah the the blooper sequence is just delightful i was watching it again today even after watching it with the end credits when i did my rewatch and just i mean estelle harris as mrs potato head um Mm. may may she rest in peace she died recently but um gosh she is just so funny in this movie and specifically in these bloopers where you're just like she's packing all the different stuff in mr potato head you know Like she's she's just fantastic in this movie, and um, yeah, the bloopers thing is just very funny because like they have to like set out and actually do all that. They're like, all right, so like, what are we gonna do, <laughs> right? And yeah, it's, it's even have like the, like the, have the foresight to like I don't know do the bugs life joke even like yeah. it's 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 just really 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 uh, incredibly well done. Um, mm-hmm. and I I, I just want to give that a shout out because like I, that was something I had no memory of at all. Like I mm-hmm. remember most of the other stuff about this movie, just like maybe not a lot of stuff in detail, but like that was like something I was like oh, just such a pleasant surprise. Um, mm-hmm. Joe, any other final Toy Story two thoughts things I we didn't touch on that you want to uh, shout out, whether it be just like a funny moment here or there, another line you wanted to talk about, or do we about cover it? Uh, I have two specific moment shout outs. Yes, and then a hot take. Um, okay, okay, okay. So th- this one being the this one being maybe the oh, actually you didn't say it was the best one. You said it was the one you rewatched the most. Uh, so that yeah. wasn't really, that wasn't really a hot take. Sorry, go ahead. So you have saved our lives. We are eternally grateful. Just a fantastic bit that is a runner throughout the rest of the series mm-hmm. <laughs> like fantastic the scene where the toy uh fixer comes and like mm. uh freshens up woody yes. um first of all shout out to jerry from jerry's game the pixar short but anyway yeah i just love that sequence it's just fantastic and then the so many de- so many details in his tools very impressive yes it's like the there's so many great shots in it like the q-tip coming into the eye and you see the fibers of the q-tip right as it blacks out the screen i think that's great you get the shot from inside Woody's arm as he's like sewing the arm back into place, like only possible, only truly possible in animation. And then um, the emotional devastation of painting over Andy on the bottom of the foot, just like a big gut mm. punch moment. Um, I think that's all fantastic. Um, this movie's awesome. Like I, I might rewatch it tonight after rewatching it yesterday. <laughs> what's, anyway. the, what's the hot take? The hot take. This is probably the greatest two movie of all time. And when I say that, I mean 
a sequel that is the second movie in a series. And like with apologies to the obvious one that I am leaving unspoken, this is just lights out like in terms of what the first Toy Story was and then having to follow up that movie with this one, the greatest two movie of all time. The obvious one that Joe is leaving unspoken is clearly Rush Hour Two, which is yes. best, which is the which is the best Rush Hour movie, and that, that that's I don't even know if that's a hot take with Rush Hour movies or not, but like that that's no uh, man I would have to, I would have to think on that for a while uh, you know I you know because all joking aside I've only ever seen Godfather Two twice or once I I think I've only ever seen it once and like it's good but it's like you know. I, I I don't I it's like I, I don't want to necessarily say apples and oranges, but it's like I like there aren't that many three hour movies I just regularly go back to. Uh so hard to say, <laughs> but like, you know, uh I, I get why you would say it's a hot take, but like you're not gonna get like a strong argument from me on that. It's just really, really good. Uh and like nothing like there's not even any like twos I'm like super, super duper fond of aside from like this and I, I legitimately like enjoy rush hour too. I bet if I went back and watched it now, uh, I, maybe some of it doesn't age that well, but like, I fucking love that movie when I was younger. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think, I, I think it's a totally like fair statement and I'm really glad that like you, uh, suggested this project. Cause this was like the one I actually really needed to re-familiarize myself with. And it is, uh, certainly great in its own right. And, uh, we'll see, who knows if, if, if I complete this rewatch, we'll, I'll have to like, actually like do another ranking and see what happens. And, uh, I'm very curious to see just how toy story three hits me next time. Because like I said, uh, when I watched it the first, when I watched it a few years ago, like it had been a long time and it's still, it still choked me up. So we will see how this one does. Cause I, I it did get a little misty in there during the Emily sequence for sure. Uh, Joe, uh, before we get out of here, anything you want to plug personally, uh, social media, Letterbox-wise, anything like that? Yeah, on Letterboxd, I'm Jay Parker Morgan. And just a brief comment on that. Um, I saw everything, everywhere, all at once, the mm. unbearable weight of massive talent and ambulance all in theaters during the month of April. And I think it's going to be very difficult to top April as a theater month because I... Ambulance is good, right? Yeah, I love yeah. ambulance. Like, just anyway, I, I, so free I, in the theater. Yeah, um, I don't. I, I mean, as of the time people are listening to this, it will. I because like as of the recording of this, I just posted the podcast I did on ambulance with our friend Josh Brown uh, last night. So it will have been out for probably a few weeks by the time people are listening to this. But like, ambulance, uh, it, it goes hard. Uh, yeah. It's 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 it is it is legitimately great. Uh, it is if if for some reason like. By, by the time people are listening to this, I'm expecting it to be out of theaters, unfortunately, but like it should be on streaming somewhere not long after people are listening to this, if it isn't already. And like, if you're just like, eh, Michael Bay, I don't know. I don't know. I can't blame you because I don't think he's made a good, good movies prior to Ambulance since Pain and Gain, which came out in 2013. Ambulance is like almost right there. I think Pain, Pain and Gain might still be my favorite Michael Bay movie, but like Ambulance is like right there. Uh, highly recommend it. And I, it's funny you mentioned everything everywhere all at once. I went back as of the recording of this and also was went, went to it for a second time last night in IMAX mm -hmm. and it's doing incredibly well at the box office and the way it's like hanging around, it's like setting all sorts of kind of different, I don't want to say records, but it's like putting up statistically similar, like uh theater by weekend by weekend averages for how it's holding at the box office to like what something like uh, the greatest showman did, which had like an incredibly long theater run, not like uh total dollars wise, but like how it's like, and it's like, it didn't, it made just as much money like in its fifth weekend as its fourth weekend or something like that. Mm -hmm. So people are discovering yeah. it. I was happy to go support it in IMAX because the first time I saw it was not in IMAX and was also just in the middle of a not fun time for me work-wise. And I, I let it get distracting and I was very glad I saw it again. Also, all, all very worth your time. 
And uh, and yeah, so you can, uh, you know, you can follow what Joe's watching again on Letterboxd. And same for me. By the time people listen to this, I'll have dumped like two months worth of Letterboxd reviews on there I've been, that I've been holding back. As I mentioned on the podcast, I did with Fred on the unbearable weight of massive talent, which again, also a fun time as Joe indicated. But like I just I fell behind on my letter, posting my Letterboxd reviews because just been waiting till I could post everything that has a podcast with it. And I've still been holding off on one podcast. So that should all be out by then. You can see what I think at Josh Renovoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-B-O-Y on both Twitter and Letterboxd. Podcast Twitter is at RewindMoviePod. Podcast email is TheRewindMoviePod at gmail.com. Coming up next, uh, we might have something else, but you know, not long after that, we'll be talking about Toy Story 3 with Joe. So thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Joe for joining. And we'll see you next time.